This is the call for freedom. This is the call for your truest, most authentic self to step forward. This is the call to turn inward and face the darkness and the light that lives within. You're listening to the Divinity Unbridled Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Rose Childs. My mission is to awaken and inspire your truth from within. I'm bringing you real, unfiltered access to the cosmos and the underworld to the sacred union of the divine feminine and the divine masculine, and to the pathway home to the fullest parts of your soul. Get ready to go deep. Get ready to ignite your internal fire. Get ready to unleash your fullest self. It's time to step into the truth of who you are. I see you, and your soul is beaming. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to today's episode of Divinity Unbridled. I am so excited to welcome my multi-talented guest and dear friend to the podcast today. With a background in performing arts, including but not limited to the roles in the original cast of Wicked and Rock of Ages on Broadway, and fitness modeling for publications such as Yoga Journal, Body and Soul, and Real Simple Magazines, she has since transitioned her love of performing, art, and maintaining a healthy body, mind, and spirit to focus on her practice and teaching of yoga, movement, and sound. She has studied with some of the most elite yoga masters in New York City and Los Angeles, and currently offers crystal singing bowl sound baths, dance classes to move the soul, and my personal favorite yoga classes. I'm so excited to welcome Christy Candler. Hi, Hannah. Hi, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and pleasure. Thank you. So... Based on my intro, you've obviously done a lot of different things, and you started in performing arts. How did you get into that? It's a great question, and I also love hearing a bio. I think we should all have our friends write their bios (laughs) for us, because it's so nice to just reflect and acknowledge what we've accomplished um, on the outside is also on the inside, you know? Absolutely. I really took that in. It's been a lifetime of work and journey and... So I went to performing arts high school at 14, Idlewild School of Music and the Arts, which was really scary for a little tiny ballerina to go off to school. Um, And yet I knew there was something bigger calling me. So the will or the inner spirit or whatever you want to call it, your soul takes over and is the more powerful force than I want to stay safe and I want to stay close to home and I want to just do what's comfy. So I went away to school at 14, trained, um, Chicago Academy for the Arts for my final senior year, went to Loyola Marymount University for dance and theater, and right after I graduated from college, I got my first professional gig on a cruise ship, so wow, it was super <laughs> weird to be on Royal Caribbean cruise ships uh, in heels and like giant headdresses and like the whole bit, like doing the whole thing while the boat is going up and down, and it was a great like throw yourself into the fire kind of uh experience of figuring it out in a professional setting we would do two shows a night um, and it was really fun and scary and great and then after that I came back to LA I knew I wanted to go to New York and my soul again said you're going to do Broadway so I got to New York I saw my first Broadway show and I watched it and said I'm going to be in that show I just knew it 
So again, it's that that deeper knowing. You can't really explain. Just a pull, pull to something yeah. more. And I also want to say I have a lot of different voices and noise and a lot of, when I was younger, a lot of insecurity and uh, decision-making and the Libra part of me would be like, I don't know, I could do all of it. So even despite all of that noise and extra stuff, I still felt a stronger pull of a knowing, of a, oh, I'm going to be in that show. What did that pull feel like at that young age when you maybe didn't have the tools yet to really it's understand? It's a great, great question. It's really just some deep sense inside yourself, even with all of the questioning, even with all of the insecurity or anxiousness or unknowns. There's like a, there's a hit inside deep of, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. Same thing, I got the cover of Yoga Journal magazine and I was like, I want to do that. Part of me just knew that I needed to do that. I went to the audition, I booked it, did it. And, and I know it sounds like, oh, easy manifestation, you just decide, then you do it. Right. <laughs> no, it's not like that at all. A lot of stuff did not happen and come to fruition. I went to a gazillion auditions and didn't get the job, you know, which is part of showbiz. Right. Uh, but, you know, I saw Aida on Broadway and just knew it was for me. And then I auditioned and they said, great, we love you. Will you go do it in Amsterdam? I said, no, I'm going to wait for Broadway. Never done a Broadway show before. Something in me just knew. Just that that's knew. what was calling. Yeah. So three months later, casting director called me and said, she's leaving. The slot opened. You're perfect. You got the job. Which goes to show you, too, it's not so much about talent. It's timing of when that slot opens up. Right, being patient in, in the flow of knowing that what is calling to you is meant for you. Right, perfect timing. And also it's not personal, like I happen to fit her costumes. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's that part too, which is hilarious. Like right. don't get so precious about your special uniqueness. Like, no, you just happen to be the same size. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? like, and that's kind of humbling and great too, to be like, okay, you got the gig because you're 5'4". Congratulations. Congrats, yeah. But I was like, it's my Broadway debut. You know? and I'm like, I'm a star. And no, you got the gig. Yeah. You know, and it was super humbling and really scary. And again, thrown into the fire, learn on the job situation. I had no clue. Never and what done a Broadway was... show. And I didn't go to Broadway musical theater schools or camps or anything. So I literally was like on a wing and a prayer, just luckily happened to sing well. No, no training. Right, no background. No. And what was that like being in the performing environment with women and lots of competitiveness? Is that, did you? That was crazy town, level 100, hardcore hazing of the nth degree. I literally walked into the women's female ensemble dressing room and they said, if you want to be part of us, you have to show us your pussy. Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? And there was that break in me of like, do I have to do this with peer pressure in order to be accepted and liked? And I was really conflicted. And then the inner knowing said, no. No, you don't have to. I'm not to. comfortable with that. Yeah. And so how did you navigate that? I was not liked. Well, it yeah. seems like that's sort of the way of the warrioress. Isn't it? The path. To really be okay with not being liked. And we were talking about this earlier, and it's just a continuing cultivation and experiential wisdom strength of being okay with not being liked. And if I don't have a problem with me, 
then you won't have a problem with me. And if you have a problem with me, it's probably something that's a problem within you. And that's okay too, but that's not my responsibility to take on for you and fix for you. And I'm not going to feel your feelings for you. And I'm not going to make it all right for you. Right. Because you are challenged by my presence. Right. You don't like what's coming up for you by my presence. And I get that a lot in yoga class as you experience. And I, maybe we have to do this for a part two, but I just found it so fascinating and I would love to talk about that more with you, where suddenly you take on the seat of the teacher, or i.e. you're in front of a, some people, and if you're sensitive enough, which is required as a facilitator of yoga and holding space and facilitation of spiritual experience, so there's a needs to be a sensitivity, so you're tuning into every single person, and yet their stuff is really coming up. Yeah, and how as a as a teacher you can feel the energy and at the same time you are there to support and nurture them in some capacity to help them with their experience, their healing, whatever it is. So how do you navigate that without taking it on but still being comfortable being a mirror and being supportive instead of just saying screw you, this is your own problem. Right, you right. Know, there's it's a, such a there's beautiful a question. It's a total dance, a fine line, and it's moment to moment. And it's truly this, okay, I'm so connected to myself that I truly know inside myself that I am intuitively navigating the waters in in the way that makes the most sense. So I'll hold a stronger boundary here, mm-hmm. and I'll close the door. Or I won't let a student do be on their cell phone, for example. Or, you know, like there's certain boundaries. Mm-hmm. And then in other ways... You know, it is what it is, and I'm not responsible for whatever experience you're having. But it's funny that you now know when I say, like, it's okay if you're mad at me this whole class because people are really going through stuff. They're projecting. They're looking at me. They're like, I hate you. I love you. This is hard. I don't like this. I love this. You know, there's just so many things that are going on. The mind is wrestling. I mean, some yoga teachers come to my class, and they're arguing with me in their mind the entire time. Right. That's their own inner conflict. And I'm speaking for myself, too. I've gone to other yoga teachers and been like, no, yes, not. Wow, who's the one who's working it out? Me. You are. Yeah. And so when you're in those moments as, say, the student, what would you say to someone who is possibly newer on the path and they're going through that internal conflict? Mm -hmm. Do you have some tools that they could use either in the moment or in their own self-practice to start to cultivate that sort of inner wisdom, mm-hmm. inner knowing, yeah. um, well, when they a, maybe aren't quite hooked on to it yet. Yeah. It's a practice, right? So practice means you do it consistently over and over again, and you keep getting better and better at it, like guitar or right. anything you're learning. And so I'd say to become aware of your mind. It's a beautiful thing. So would you say like meditation? Or... I would, although people consider meditation to be really hard. They're like, I tried it. It's hard. I can't do it. I can't stop my thoughts. Well, there's a big weird myth going around that you're supposed to meditate and stop thinking. That's never going to happen. No, and all of my meditation that I do, <laughs> it's not silent. It's not silent. Exactly. <laughs> it's never silent. It's very guided. Yeah. And the whole point is not to quiet the mind or empty the mind. It's to direct the mind to purer thoughts, to higher thoughts, right. to this inspiration, to, to like use and work the mind in a productive way. And if someone's new on the path and they're really stuck in their mind, the first thing is to become aware of the thoughts and then ask yourself, okay, who's thinking those thoughts? Who is it that? 
is having that experience. Is that truly me? Right. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Where did I even come up with that thought belief system? Did my mom imprint that when I was in her womb? The ear is the first organ to form when we're in utero. And so we're hearing and listening to our mother's consciousness, thought forms, belief systems, inherited. And there's she is in her mother's womb, in the mother's womb, in the mother's womb, in the mother's there's womb. There's the ancestry Caring. and the lineage oh, that, that has lineage. carried what's in the subconscious, so, essentially. Absolutely. And the subconscious is what's really you know, keeping us from realizing a lot of our dreams and goals. And that's why some of that law of attraction or Abraham Hicks, which I love, I listen to all the time, doesn't work because we're going, I want this and I am this and all the affirmations in the world aren't really doing it. So that's why I'm really into this new Kundalini practice. Not new, it's ancient. But for me, it works really fast in terms of shifting subconscious belief systems and thought patterns and mental constructs that we don't even know are lodged in there and running the show, basically. Even if you're like, I want to be a good person. I'm never going to be a bad mood. And then you've got all this, like, the sea of stuff. You know, they say it's 90% of your subconscious is running the show. Well, it's the, it's the living in the light it's like halfway you're yeah. you're acknowledging half of what's actually happening and then you have this duality this polarity of the quote-unquote darkness that is viewed as possibly bad but mm-hmm. it it's not bad it's just the opposite yeah and so for someone who's listening who doesn't know what kundalini is can you just mm-hmm. give a quick little it's an ancient technology it's fascinating because i'm going to start a another teacher training i've done about seven or something i've done a few uh and I, in New York, this is always what happens. This is what will happen to you, probably. Um, someone just said, I can't teach. Can you go teach for me? And this was before the internet. So I just grabbed a book and like opened the book and showed up at six o'clock in the morning and thumbed through it and started looking at the exercises. And that's how I was teaching Kundalini. And um, recently, some newer insights have come to fruition. And this might be a little woo-woo out there for people, but... I woke up to a dream of Yogi Bhajan telling me, you need to do these four things. One, two, three, four. Do them. And when you get a download or a transmission like that from a teacher, you just pay attention. do it. <laughs> yeah. And then the last thing is my best friend Paul and I were uh, rearranging my white healing space with all the bowls. And we were making the space beautiful with my singing bowls. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he opened up the laptop and a download of a very, very, very sacred mantra of Bahotakaram by Yogi Bhajan started playing. I had never heard it before, ever. And it just started playing. You're getting multiple signs so just like, to make okay, sure that yeah, you're like pay really paying attention. Yeah, so this is technology that can shift the subconscious. There's mantra, there's kriyas, there's um, meditations. And I find that it works really fast. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of the hatha yoga... And some of the yoga is beautiful as well. Um, it's a little bit more like takes a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So I want fast, practical, quick results. And you know, recently I've been getting up quite early, shifting my relationship to time, which is amazing. Yes. And uh, you can get a lot done in three minutes in some of these kundalini meditations. So for me, that's like great. Three minutes of cat cow or three minutes of addiction meditation shifts something in me where all of a sudden I'll burst into tears and something I've been holding on that's so ancient I didn't even know about of a programming from my mother is released. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And so a lot of that, from my experience with Kundalini, is that 
duality and the polarity. Mm-hmm. And it's something you talk a lot about mm-hmm. in all of the classes I take. And we mm-hmm. talk about it mm-hmm. just a lot in our conversation. So can you, I mean, there's so yeah, much to say, but, so much to but say. I know no. that you have a lot to say. So can you just talk yeah. on the yeah. polarity and yeah. duality in all of life? Sure. And we may have to do the second yeah. part two situations. I could talk about this for days with you. And it's probably my favorite part about teaching is a little bit of a Dharma talk in the beginning where I can um, bring a teaching that's accessible and real life and something I'm chewing on in real human experience. So that's like the most important part for the yoga experience or class that I'm teaching. And I often talk about duality and needing two mm-hmm. in order to have the one and being in both and being in oneness because yoga is all about oneness but how do we get to the one by honoring the two and then honoring the both feminine and the masculine pieces and knowing that they're equal not not one is good or bad this kind of thing and and really holding the the container or the full spectrum of both because we live in a world of polarity the universe has these things and we need them and we learn through contrast we learn through, oh, I don't like this, I want this. I learn through the dark and the light. There's no way you could be in the light without knowing the dark. It sounds so obvious, and yet we really forget it when we're in a dark place. We oh, just want to get to the light, or we want to get out of it as soon as possible. Right, and love and light, love and light, love and light. And people in the whole New Age world, wellness industry, always talk about this, like, be in the light, be in the light. Yes, and, yes, and darkness is required, and it's not bad. It's actually essential and I've heard I've heard from quite a few people they are um, they're sort of afraid of the dark mm-hmm. there's a fear that comes with turning towards mm-hmm. the sides of us that the shadows mm-hmm. or the things that we're maybe not quite as proud of mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the light that is just beautiful and loving and kind mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of the sides of us that come in when we're faced with challenge mm-hmm. or conflict or something that we are not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So how can someone sort of expand their direction mm-hmm. so that they can begin to face that in a way that doesn't feel like they're totally going to drown or be yeah. consumed? Right. And also know that if you are consumed, it's not forever. Yeah, yeah. And we've talked about this. I like um, this phrase, overwhelm is a choice. Because mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people say, like, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed, I'm busy. You know, yep. okay, that's a choice. And you're choosing in every moment. So you take responsibility in every moment for how you want to be and feel and think. And a lot of that comes back to the awareness and the power of directing the mind. Exactly. Right. Because a lot of those is suddenly our, thoughts, our thoughts, right, not thought forms. Mm-hmm. Suddenly when you say, I'm overwhelmed, suddenly you've turned yourself into this disempowered victim place of like, well, I guess you can't ever get out. Okay. And you want to keep running that story okay, well, I'm choosing overwhelm right now and that's okay. I'm going to give myself 30 minutes to be in overwhelm. Great. Or I'm going to be start to get comfortable with the darkness or not comfortable with the darkness. I'm just going to be with it. Sort of be in the allowance of whatever is current instead of yeah, trying to change it. And not even be good with it, not even be okay with it. Like, what does even that mean? Why not just be like not okay with it? But still you're in it. You're still just facing there, yeah. it and you're being with it and you're having experience and it's not going to be pretty. And, you know, that's exactly what needs to come up. The messy, dark, hard, uncomfortable, scary, clumsy, awkward, weird, ugly, disgusting. All of our favorite words. (laughs) 
thoughts because we are a human having this experience and we ha- we run the gamut of all of that and the soul loves it the soul's like yes yes bring it on bring, bring it on more 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 you're feeling more you're experiencing more and that is part of the divine feminine to bring in yeah. more and more and more and more and more for a felt experience for sensory for sensual experience to feel in your body not thinking in the mind so just just like Being riffing onto the, the divine feminine yeah. it's that flow it's that tide it's the ocean it's the moon phases it's all of it all of it all of it, all of it well and i've noticed too when i'm really in those sort of the darker times and and it feels super challenging it mm-hmm. also when you come out of it yeah. it's so expansive and <gasps> so beautiful and so illuminating to yeah yeah all of these new things that you couldn't see when you were either in just it. in the light or when you're totally in the dark so you have expander. to keep going through exactly it's all a of growth it. expansion yeah and then it's to- a way to expand our consciousness which is why we're here the soul already knows it and it's like okay i want to have a body now in order to feel and experience what it's right. like to expand my consciousness so beautiful. beautiful. I know. It's so cool, right? It's like, Jinx. oh my God, we're so lucky and blessed to be able to do this. And if we can enjoy the ride even more, I talk about that a lot in my yoga classes as well. Like, have a good time, you know? Just treat it like a game, like a video game or Some like humor. a fun. Yeah, Some lightness a little bit of to lightness. The... A bit of like, this is funny. I have actually a sense of humor about my dark moods when I get really cranky. Like, if I have enough awareness and wherewithal to be like, oh, Candler, you are just like really having a little <laughs> temper tantrum, you know? Right, it's like you see yourself kind of from... Another, from another perspective which, yeah my teacher Guru Jaka talks about that like you need to take second position and always be looking to see what you are perceived by not judgmentally but like from another perspective right. from a god perspective which loves you loves you loves you loves you loves you from your perspective like this is my experience and then most important not most importantly but another important phase is to have that second perspective how are they seeing me how and not from a judgmental place just an awareness place. Absolutely. To go back again to that class. And that helped me really um, up my self-care practices because now I'm going to be doing a little bit of um, just practice after class to seal my boundary and mm-hmm. give the energy back. And, you know, I used to wash my hands all the way up to my elbows and I stopped doing that because I was like, oh, that's fine. But, you know, just being a bit more mindful about my cleanliness and taking on other people's energies. And right. I can always up my practice. I can always, you know, add more and enhance more and find where... Like oh, fine-tuning fine as tune, you go. Fine-tune, yeah, or double down on like, hey, you know, it is intense to be in front of people and speak in a way and be taking on people's projections. So... God, I have a lot of compassion for myself about that, and I can take care of myself in a really beautiful way. Let's take a breather. Instead of an ad break, we'll take a meditation break. Go ahead and rest your eyes. Softly let them close. And drop into right here. For just a few moments, there's nothing else that you have to do. Go ahead and take a deep breath in through your nose, slowly counting to three. And at the top of your inhale, just pause, let yourself feel the in-between space. And let it out through your mouth. And again at the bottom of your exhale, pause for just a moment. 
We'll do that two more times. Inhale through your nose for three counts. Pausing at the top of the inhale and letting it all out through the exhale through your mouth. And again, pausing. Last time, deep breath in through your nose to the count of three. And pause, letting yourself linger and hover. And exhale through your mouth. Hopefully now you feel just a little bit more at peace, a little more present. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. And a lot of that goes back to what you were saying about the divine feminine. And I'd love to talk about her because I think she is just so delicious and sensual and free. Mm -hmm. I mean, tapping into the divine feminine is total freedom Mm -hmm. of being in the flow and surrender. There's there's this um, concept, I think, in society about surrender that we have to, all of us, not just feminine, we all have to just go, go, go. You know, harder is better, more is better. Mm -hmm. And softening Mm -hmm. into the flow of, of all energies there's a freedom in that. Absolutely. Can you talk about the your experience of tapping deeper and deeper into the divine feminine? Yeah, I mean, I left New York and really transitioned from my last Broadway show, which is the only show, first and only show I ever quit. Uh, every other show I just went um, into another show. And so my back was hurting a lot and um, I have bulging discs in L5S1 and... I couldn't bend over even anymore to pick up the cat bowls and feed them breakfast in the morning. And I thought, um, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I quit the show. I sold everything. I gave up my apartment, sold everything. I didn't even like announce it on Facebook. I just decided to get gone and left New York City after 16 years, moved to California, spent a couple months by the ocean just healing and then moved down to Venice and continued spending two, about a year, year and a half healing my spine wow. through sound, through movement, through acupuncture. Those are my three things. And really just like giving myself the opportunity to not do much other than that. And I studied with a lot of cool teachers then and did a lot of women's circles. And um, that's when I came into, I had enough space and time and breath to really tap into the divine feminine. And so I was really in nature every day, hiking every day. And I'd feel like putting your feet on the earth every day, having some kind of tactile, sensual connection experience that's actually quite practical. My feet are on the ground. Right, you're connecting to the earth. Yeah, <laughs> it's like really, like, doesn't get more practical than that. And it's actually quite spiritual as well, right? So I feel all the energy from the earth as well coming up into your body. And so I was on a call with a teacher named Kelly Morris, for women that talked about the divine feminine infusing through the body every day. So that was a beautiful practice for a couple of years. And, you know, then letting that practice move into my own. And, and it's been a beautiful experience now coming up to Santa Barbara and moving here, healing even more. It's like we go through these phases of healing. Okay, healed your spine and 
some of that showbiz stuff and nervous system rewiring that. And then up into Santa Barbara, this journey of healing has been more about my sense of worth and performance and if people like me and Mm -hmm. showing up as a teacher and ego and these kinds of things that have really, you know, the nervous system takes a while to rewire. Right. And actually, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I had horrible acne um, down uh, in LA and came up to Santa Barbara and was like, what's going on with my skin? You know, it's just such a connection of Mm -hmm. mind, body, spirit. It wasn't the food I was eating. It wasn't any products really it was this thing well I had I had terrible terrible cystic acne um I would say mid early mid 20s I'm 29 now and it cleared this summer after going through this tremendous deep intense healing over the last two years and what I found was that it was almost like feels like my soul was like calling yeah. you know a couple a few years ago when it was really really bad and I wasn't aware enough to know so I was trying diets and foods and all these things and then really when it came down to it when I tuned into the internal pieces and let all of that out it's like the skin healed healed yeah. itself yeah isn't it's, that amazing it's pretty wild. very very similar experience yeah it's wild. And it really attests to the mind-body-spirit connection of, you know, our thoughts and our experiences and the way the soul is holding on in certain ways and, you know, reluctant for transformation can clog up the system. Right. And, um, you know, we know this, right? A little bit about our thoughts and stress levels contribute to dis-ease in the body. And yet we're still, like, running around with, self-hatred thoughts and weird judgments and hardcore shame and and one of the one of my favorite ways that you use to shift that energy is to dance yeah to move yes and I I am not I previously was not a dancer I've quit saying I'm Mm -hmm. not a dancer I'm not a professional dancer right right right. but your classes where we dance in the middle of class inspired me to literally just turn on music every day and move my body with my eyes closed. Oh, yeah. And so mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on not just dance, but movement and mm-hmm. sound, because mm-hmm. that's a lot of what you do as yeah. a healer and yeah. a teacher yeah. in with your yoga. Yeah. I mean, I'm just a huge proponent of it. I am like a living proof example of healing one's own self through sound and movement, water and breath. I mean, really simple but profound practices that shift the energy. You be amazed at what sound can do to shift the energy in the room and expand the, the field, the energetic field. Uh, we'll go back to that. But more about dance, <laughs> I mean, you are a dancer. I think anyone who can walk can dance, anyone who can talk can sing, right? And yeah, I mean, there's obviously respect to the people who train for a gazillion years as well. I mean, I started training when I was eight years old, and that takes rigor and discipline, and it's, a, it's an athlete, pro athlete, basically. Right. And that's for a certain career. But I believe everyone can move their bodies in some ways and they will feel better. There will be a shift of energy. Just hands down. Hands up, hands, hands down. Up, hands up, hands in know, every direction. Hands all over. With the feet. Jazz hands, <laughs> yeah. Jazz hands. Uh, which two of the shows I did had jazz hands in them. Two, maybe three? Yeah. Which is hilarious to me. Fosse from Chicago. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, so 
Anyways, and the hands are an extension of our heart in space and the way we hand, shake hands, give a helping hand, these kinds of things. So um, I feel in my yoga practice, I try and teach a class that I would want to take. Otherwise, what, what am I doing, right? right? And the class I want to take has some movement in it. And a lot of the yoga in the past for me felt very linear. It felt like stay on this tiny little piece of rubber and just do this little thing up and down. And, you know, it's a masculine lineage. And there's beauty in that. And there's um, discipline. It's lovely. And then the feminine wants to move in circles just and spirals. Be free. And be free. Yeah, get off the mat. And, like, be okay <laughs> with moving weird and shaking and looking funny circles and, and like sh- you know sh- shiver your fat like I'll often say like shake the fat like why not because we're so scared of like what would happen if we let that go and someone saw it and then what you know I'm, I'm shaking my arm right now <laughs> so that the tricep is shaking <laughs> because what happens when suddenly you know we're not perceived in the way we want to be perceived so move the body to get out of the confines of the perception that we are so hoping that people see us in. Jesus Christ, move, right? Just move. Move and let it be weird and funky. And, you know, I often tell people to just close their eyes if they're shy because there are people not had permission to get up and get their feet up off the ground. And there's a direct correlation to people who are more depressed shuffle their feet and keep their feet sort of moving around on the ground yeah and if you (laughs) want to get the energy up get up pick the energy up jump literally (laughs) jump off the ground and so I play the music really loud that's inspiring with really specific beats that help us get up you know and whatever I say whatever gets you to church on time really (laughs) you know and if it's working for you great do it 100%. 100%. Yeah. So. And so there's the dance component. Yeah. And then you also do these beautiful, oh my gosh. Thank we'll you. link um, her website in the show notes because yeah. her crystal bowls are the most beautiful singing bowls that I've ever seen. That's mm. How many do you have? Maybe? I think I have 20. I'll count. 20. I think I have they, 20. Are they all yeah. different colors yeah. and they're infused Stunning. with crystal gemstones. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So they all have different notes and tones mm-hmm. to them. That's right. Um, and so what is some of the science behind the sound? Because it's, it's not just to make you feel relaxed. I mean, there is some, some scientific background to that. Yes, and I can go on and on and on and we can talk for a hundred years. So this again might have to be a part two situation, but I mean sound is everything. Sound current that's and vibration is everything. So sound is vibration. We are all vibration, we're all energy. And sound moves four times faster in water than it does through the air. And so we are 70% made up of water, fluid in our body. And so these tones shift the fluid in our body, shift us into our, a more harmonic frequency. We are at a certain frequency. We want to up the vibration, you know, high vibes. Yeah, when I, uh, Christy gave me a session um, in March for my birthday and I, oh my gosh, I <laughs> I went in and I felt like, I was like, I feel pretty good. And I came out and I think I told you, I grew 10 feet. It yeah. was like all of, there was some dissonance and some, mm-hmm. some sort of notes that kind of tilt your head and make you a little a little uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and then when you finish you feel like everything in you kind of shook and straightened and you just grow Mm -hmm. reorganizing of the nervous system a a space creator a shift of energy a movement I mean I have on my website if you can see it's the beginning of this video where I have water in the singing bowl and then once I start activating the sound 
the molecules of the water actually change shape and you see new patterns wow. forming in the water creating a whole artistic beautiful shape of sound that's what's going on in your body on wow. a cellular level the cells are changing and we know it's this incredible. right yeah and then just we know talk, it because we, we drink a lot it. of water and we're yeah, made of water but... yeah but then you really see it and you have feel the shift like you're saying where there's more space or you feel taller or there's more expansion and you didn't we didn't do any stretches that's that's great and um getting a lot of healing from sound it bypasses cognition so it helps you know shift us out of these obsessive loops of anxiety or insomnia or these some of these thoughts that keep us stuck and there's nothing more annoying than when someone says like just think better just relax just you know stop spiritual doing that. Stop bypassing yeah, is what i like okay like great how do i do that but sound actually does the heavy lifting mm. and takes over and shifts in the brain balancing the left and the right hemispheres of the brain and a lot of science now is catching up with this beautiful there's a great documentary on netflix called heal and dr jeffrey thompson actually um, shows you how sound can shift you into the parasympathetic nervous system, relaxing you. This one woman, she goes there finally, but she's not able to stay there. She goes back into the stress response. So it's interesting. But sound has the power to shift the nervous system. And so going into the parasympathetic nervous system, um, there's so much noise in the world Mm -hmm. and so much anxiety. I think it seems like more people these days have anxiety and concern and worry just than ever before. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, quieting the mind or directing the mind is what we talked about. What are some other tools that people can use on a practical minute to minute Mm -hmm. level? Because the reality is we can have these beautiful Mm -hmm. spiritual practices Mm -hmm. and we're human Mm -hmm. and we are in the world. Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? dance and so we can support ourselves yeah that ultimately we can live in that way it's a beautiful question I'll speak for myself I just based on my emails alone on all of the Black Friday emails I've been getting from all these shopping opportunities I have gone through and just unsubscribe unsubscribe click 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 unsubscribe unsubscribe and for me I needed to do that in order not to keep just hypnotically attached to the consumer culture and thinking I'm missing out on not getting the deal and the sale. That is a, an addiction right there that I was like, no. Cut that Cut off. Cut that. Yeah, I'm excited to go shopping. I'm like, no, like just no, I'm not going to get the percentage <laughs> off or whatever. So just this morning, I just unsubscribed from a bunch of that stuff because I was getting a lot of that. So that's a practical little like, I don't have Facebook on my phone. I put my phone down and I turn it and I put it away for a little bit. I think that's a huge practice. So a lot of it comes back to the technology and the alerts and the yeah. kind of stimulation of Yeah, we don't even realize mind. how much we are getting that stuff just um, hypnotically already influenced without us even saying, yes, I agree to all these emails, or yes, I agree to having the TV on at the gas station, or yes, I agree to the TV on the back of the cab. No, no, I actually have to take an action to turn it off. I actually have to make a choice because I'm responsible for my energy and I know that that is an energy depleter and not an energy nourisher, replenisher. So, so, okay, but I also drink coffee. So that's something that like deplenishes my system. So that I drink a boatload of water. Right. So that replenishes and nourishes me. 
you know, or I have these beautiful friendships that replenish me. And then I spend a lot of time alone, these kinds of things. So, you know, I don't know if that answered your question, but just for me, practically, another way is I do a lot of breathing practices and you can do that in your car. You can do that in the bathroom. You can do that in the most practical, mundane place. Yeah, it could be 30 seconds or two minutes. It could be... And extending the exhale longer activates the parasympathetic nervous system. So if you inhale for four, you'd exhale for eight. Do that for a minute. Do it while you're doing the laundry. You know, and I'm talking to myself here too. Right. (laughs) We're always remembering and reminding our own selves. That's really why I teach yoga, um, to remind my own self of these practices. And also, you said something too. You were like, oh, you know, I spoke to you after yoga class and you seem so nice and diplomatic. And I was like, yeah, you're catching me at my highest, most exalted self where I show up with the most kindness, most open-hearted, most generous, most noble, most diplomatic you know and that keeps me in line that keeps me out of trouble right <laughs> so like and I think any yoga teacher would what their salt would say that you know it's there's for selfish reasons to to keep cultivating the sattvic qualities these angelic divine qualities that we know are in us and sometimes we forget <laughs> you got it Hannah we forget okay well we're almost out of time with this but I have one question that I ask everyone yeah going back to the practice a daily practice to me has mm-hmm. completely transformed and changed my life mm-hmm. and so I'd love to know if you have a daily practice mm-hmm. and what that looks like I think it's essential and I don't think it has to be this hardcore thing that you're never going to do, right? Like if you say you're going to go on a huge diet and you don't go and then you've just set yourself up for disaster and shame and sabotage. So don't do a practice that's that you're that's impossible. That's, you know, I get up at 6 a.m., which is a huge thing for me. And I do a tiny, tiny, tiny little meditation prayer. And then I go feed the babies, which is another practice for me, my animals. And um, that, again, to my teacher, Sharon Gannon and her her spiritual warriorship program and her philosophy is like go help someone else go feed a plant or go feed the birds or go feed you know and do it with this devotion so beautiful then I make coffee and then I do my practices then I do my my kundalini kriyas my meditations my longer I have homework from my teacher that I actually have to accomplish so I'm supposed to be working up to a 30 minute kriya which is so hard it's so hard and you're it's really a mind over matter like perseverance like girl, I know you want to quit. I know, I know. Just stay with it and work through the I want to quit thing, you know? And I'm not that 31 minutes yet. I'll be honest with you. So, and then I dance and that's not, that's maybe later in the day. And again, I know that this isn't really practical for people who are running around with kids and, you know, babies and all kinds of jobs jobs and, and, you know, so many responsibilities. I totally get that and honor that. And I would also say and challenge all of ourselves to say, we're responsible in every moment and we can choose and I'm going to speak for myself there are times when I'm wasting time on Instagram aren't we all right and so like let's be honest and be responsible what are you scrolling about what are you doing could that be three minutes that you sat and you were quiet and closed your eyes and just listened and were silent and still because that's when you'll hear the inner knowing is in the silence and I also sing really loud. That's what I'm doing right now, which is so awesome. Like top of my lungs singing. And if you can, because you have roommates or whatever, you can try a car or shower or there are places that you can incredible. Sing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mountain tops, yeah. canyons, somewhere. <laughs> Exercise your lungs and your vocal cords in a way that's a true expression of your sound. 
carrying your own voice your own song into into the air and the vibration of yeah and lately I've been singing like wicked and like shows that I've been in as a healing practice for me Mm. of like oh you used to go on stage every night in a total state of panic and fear and hope that you wouldn't mess up or crack or in front of 2,000 people now can you sing from a place of love and harmony and you can't get it wrong and you're perfect and and divine and it's all lovely and you're just making a sound with vibration and I mean that's not worrying about being perfectly no. on pitch or tune or anything it's just <sighs> just coming pure joy. forth yes which I think is really again same back to the moving dancing in a way just you know it doesn't have to be perfect no one's watching just go for it I love that and like yeah. I said it's totally changed my my practice to, oh. to move and just let my body be free isn't it funny how uncomfortably people are watching you or doing it themselves like it really again goes back to that projection Mm -hmm. thing really brings up in people their own first of all disconnection with their own body so to go back to the divine feminine i fully believe it's a true connection to in my body embodiment of loving my body 100 percent. and what does my body want right absolutely so i just think the dancing is kind of kind of essential to to tap into that spirit of of the divine feminine yeah and what happens for me when I don't move I get really clogged and stuck and stagnant and I get cranky cranky (laughs) and we as women need to flow and move and let everything be fluid so Mm -hmm. maybe after this podcast if you feel inspired you can turn on some music and just let yourself shake and yeah even for a minute yeah some music that makes you feel kind of alive yeah it just doesn't have to feel good it just just alive just something just alive and it's okay if it's like you know the other day I played Lizzo in class like you know it's a little like all right she's talking but go for it if that lights you up or sparks something or you feel a shift in energy great I think people want that they're just trying to then you know use drugs and alcohol and these kinds of things to alter their state have a bigger experience but we can do it in a way that's a bit more pure through movement through sound through singing through these kinds of things so I yeah follow me on instagram i put it on my insta stories just um a yes bit of why don't you tell and, everyone where they can find you um, yeah. for your work and your social media everything like that if you want to be inspired about dance and movement i post some insta stories just of a daily practice and it's nothing sacred or you know too precious it's just me and some jeans whatever's on and i'm into and that's at at christy candler c-r-i-s-t-y-c-a-n-d-l-e-r my singing and sound bowl is underscore of sound body that's my instagram handle as well and then and your website. my website is of sound body and the name is including sound and movement body and you know we have a sound mind sound body the spirit is free to flow and that knowing is true to express through us and I think that's what we're here for I think so too yeah (laughs) (laughs) I love it well thank you so much for joining me and like I said we'll link uh, Christy's information in the show notes so if you want to follow her I highly recommend her Instagram it's so inspiring and makes me get up every day to move my body I love that Hannah thank you so much I love that we can inspire each other and I, again, I mean, this is a longer podcast. We can talk more about it, but just really celebrating, inspiring, supporting, especially as women. 
all of our shining light and probably next time we'll maybe we'll do a little song could we sing sure yeah definitely i would love that me too okay thank you so much for being here thank you thank you for tuning in to today's episode of divinity unbridled if you are enjoying the podcast please rate review and subscribe on itunes and we'll see you next time